Hey guys, welcome to Mormon and the Meth Head. I'm here in LA. Aaron is in Salt Lake. We haven't seen each other in two months. It's the longest we've ever gone. Um, We were supposed to be together a couple of weeks ago recording in Albuquerque, but that show got canceled. So this is an episode that we recorded in January. So some of the current event stuff isn't super current, but it was a great funny conversation about politics and also suicide with half of the Suicide Buddies podcast, Hampton Yount. Um, Aaron and I will be back together recording in two days. You can find us in Boise, Idaho, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you live in the area, you can get tickets to those shows at liquidlaughs.com. And we will have a bunch of new episodes for you soon. In the meantime, enjoy this one. If you put a woman and a man together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just a read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. fell asleep last night watching a civil war documentary the ken burns civil war <laughs> documentary they're amazing they're actually like so magnetic they are they really are One and when i get high that's all i want i love watching documentaries when i'm high and i <laughs> i was just watching and i was like man i can't believe lincoln what a what a guy <laughs> man but, i've got some documentaries to show you man like what if you're into getting high and watching documentaries uh, there's Adam Curtis documentaries that are made by the BBC that are kind of more about like why has society shifted into a military industrial complex sort Ooh. of mindset and just like kind of like really specifically pointing uh, stuff uh, going from basically in the 1970s, especially like a lot of like post-World War II rhetoric where America's like, we're going to put the bases over here. Like, shut the fuck up. We got the bomb. Like, and so kind of going from there uh, where, where we've just kind of doubled down on like bad foreign policy and stuff. And ruin the whole world in the process. <laughs> yeah, why do we have like 40 nuclear vessels across the globe? <laughs> At all times, yeah. That's like 40 airports we just have around the globe that could blow up the globe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's insane, right? And it's crazy because when it comes... Anyway, am I stopping how you no, start no, this? No, we're, how do you we're, start? we're joined we today by Hampton Young. Guys, you're joined by, joined by Alex Jones <laughs> <laughs> in the bunker. Guys, you're going to want to YouTube uh, Obama gay conspiracy. You're going to want to you're going to want to get the facts there. Go into a deep dive into the comments under the video. Wow, that is a solid It's really impression. good. It's really good. <laughs> He's ballooned to twice his size. You guys can't see it. That's like his a hair frog. Is gone and he yeah, it's a defense mechanism like a, <laughs> like a bullfrog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get it. He basically talks like a Muppet character. And I, I have been trying to get through the Joe Rogan episode for a week now. Yeah. You've got to be close. Isn't that fun? Do they keep adding more time every time you come <laughs> back? It's three hours off. longer. <laughs> like, Jesus They're Christ. Going. Is he like doing kettlebell exercises inside of the podcast? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I see most of the episode, but I'm like, how is it three hours every time? I'm like, I know I didn't watch three hours of it. 
Anyway, shouts out, uh, thick neck Joe Rogan, <laughs> brother in arms of Alex Jones, another thick neck. Ugh. You and Henry Rollins can go start a band. <laughs> Isn't it nuts that Joe Rogan is like, is like the top of the mountain right now? Yeah, for com- like he is so revered and stuff by by comics. Everyone like his podcast will make your career if you can get on it. And uh, yeah. I just remember him as like the Fear Factor host. <laughs> uh, That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. I even kind of used to really like his stand-up. Or not really, but I, I more was like, yeah, it's good. You know, at least he's like trying to say something. It was already like kind of steeped in like conspiracy theory shit early on when he was. Because I, I actually really loved him from news radio. I loved that show. I think it's one of the best sitcoms ever made. It's Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall is the lead. Uh Uh, Megan Tierney, I think, uh, is like the female lead. And it's it's Phil Hartman's on it. Joe Rogan, Andy Dick. uh, And it's phenomenal. It's some of the best. Oh, God damn. There's that dude is using all the Coen brother movies. He's in it. And so, yeah, it's just it's a phenomenal show. But anyway, so I kind of was like, oh, this guy's got like comedy chops. Um but then the thing with the Joe Rogan experiences is actually it's it's easy to get upset about it and be like, why is this happening? But it's actually pretty simple, I think, is like he put a bunch of cameras and recorded it and made like a TV show, basically. Yeah. And just make content. And it's like, yeah, if if you were trying to play into like the algorithm of like YouTube and social media, it's like no one else was doing that. Like mm-hmm. Doug Benson a little bit later, but no one no one jumped on that. He was the first adopter. And I think you'll be seeing that more and more. Yeah. yeah. That's what, I mean, like we talked to, you know, Tim Dillon. Yeah. He's, it was just telling Jess, uh, you guys have to make videos. You have to record it. You have no, to that's be what on I'm YouTube. Saying. You have what's to the guys, what's the TV show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, Mormon and the uh, Mormon and the Mate, the TV show. <laughs> uh, I just thought it seemed like YouTube was going to die for a minute. It seemed like it Damn. was, uh, you know, that's it, so funny, it, yeah. really. It did. What made it? you feel that way? I, I thought it. I th- I felt the same way. I thought it was like You're kidding. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Then they launched their own uh, like TV channel, like you, like YouTube. Right. Like years ago, it was like YouTube Red was coming out, and now yeah. they've got like original content and stuff on there. Uh, and there's like way more. Uh, maybe so at the birth of Vimeo, I was like, you. oh, there's going to be a hundred of these come out and well, everyone's going to have a different one. It's definitely awful. Like, no yeah. one can deny that. And the funny thing is all the people who are on Twitter who are always like, um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of friends who I, I would classify as maybe a social justice warrior. But like what I'm saying is, I guess on Twitter, you see a lot of like self cannibalization where they're like calling out their friends and being like, holy shit. Yeah. But it's like. Uh, if you want to find the real racist, go on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> go on Xbox Live. <laughs> no one is regulating this shit. It, it is fucking like Nazi pedophiles leaving coded messages to each other. It is so fucking dark on there. So don't even fucking step that you're confronting real like, you know, Nazis or, you know, ch- children red hats, you know, yeah. who are getting all <laughs> maggot, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I hear you. Like, I thought YouTube was, like, getting clownish in that sense. And definitely, like, the content is getting more and more, like, you know, as you get older, you're like, what the hell is this garbage? 
Well, because there was a minute where they said Snapchat was changing everything. And Snapchat, Snapchat was such short, and short, fast things that, that people didn't have time for YouTube videos anymore. Totally. And there's always going to be the new dogs. And I think that will definitely, something will take it over eventually. Yeah. It's not wrong to think that way. But I think something to consider is they don't really tell you how much YouTube is being watched. And say America's got dancing. America's got, America's got, America's got singing and dancing. America's got pathetic you know, people <laughs> singing and dancing for to save their families out of poverty. <laughs> Whatever the highest rated Fox show is, I think those usually clock in around twenty five million to thirty million at highest wow. uh, nowadays. You know, uh, you know, it used to be like Mash would get you know <laughs> the season finale or season right, finale right. Yeah. Anyway, I think it usually tops out at thirty million. YouTube in general, just on a constant basis, is being viewed by hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. So there's no comparison. If you're an advertiser, if you're someone giving a shit about like, you know, advertising, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like so much more money is being funneled into there. Mm. There's a shift. And I think it'll take a lot to unseat that. So, I mean, really, that is the thing with Joe Rogan. Say it's like these algorithms are so fucking powerful and I'm doing a bit about it right now. It's like, you know, YouTube thinks I'm a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you watch one Joe Rogan video, <laughs> then they're like, here's Jordan Peterson, and then you click on Jordan Peterson, and then they're like, how to blow up the White House. <laughs> like, are, do women owe you sex? <laughs> it's just like, I see how a 15-year-old is like, all right, whatever. Like, that's, you know, how you fall into that do. shit. Yeah, exactly. That's called, I think it's what red pilling is, right? Is you're just like, you yeah. fall down that internet What was the thing that you spiral. said me the other day about like, I'm a neo, a girl should have sex with me because I'm a neo-conservative. Yeah. <laughs> and he had described like how uh, unselfish uh, a, a neo-conservative is and like how willing to sacrifice anything to bring liberty to other countries. So why wouldn't you have sex with me? No, it was, I think I should have a girlfriend. I'm uh, a neo-conservative yeah. and I should have a girlfriend. And I, then like the final, the, you know, the thesis statement at the end. I'm a powerful like, man. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my subway card has been stamped. <laughs> I'm a powerful alpha. That eighth sub could be yours, my princess. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. You know, man, honestly, my big problem with Joe Rogan, say, is he thinks it's a smart idea to give these people, like, you know, I don't know. I just give everybody equal time, man, whatever. It's like, no, that's not a good idea to give Nazis equal time and treat them as equals. Like if someone's espousing hate speech, that is violence. And they're basically going like, I don't just understand why we can't have genocide. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> like, why is everyone telling me to shut up? Like, you know, and I literally was watching a video he just posted up where it's like a fucking red hat kid. He's wearing a fucking beanie, but whatever. He is. That's he is a, a red, red, yeah. red hat. He literally has permanent scowl face. <laughs> From years of not getting pussy and hating women. <laughs> like it's literally like the guy at the bar who's just constantly fucking mad. And he's the whole interview is him getting to talk to like Twitter CEOs about their policies about like banning hate speech and everything. This and I'm was like, on Rogan? Rogan. This is recent. And I was like, again, it's another incident. Say him talking to Alex Jones, this guy who fucking discredited the Sandy Hook parents and had people I, dox them and shit. I did enjoy that he confronted him about like, that, but... Don't... It's not even confronted. It's like, don't give him a fucking... Like, you're the... Pro you're the reason this guy has more followers. Stop letting Nazi fucking talk on your thing and being like I don't know you know you gotta hear both sides what is it about specifically America and Nazis that we are we are so 
afraid to, sh- to silence Nazis, but like communists and socialists. Americans are like, hey, are you a fucking socialist? Yeah. Why don't you get the fuck out of our country then? Yeah. Why don't you go to Venezuela and you scrounge for toilet paper, you I socialist bitch? But if, like, if another so- bitch tries to give me a doctor or my... <laughs> Send my kids to a fucking doctor. I'm just going to hurricane kick this entire Congress. That's the irony. It's just like they're literally trying to help you. And it's literally the stupidest people who would refuse help, right? There's always going to be that percentage, but I'm like, that's the problem with giving people an equal platform. The problem with social media is it goes, everybody should have a voice. And the problem is not everyone should have a voice. Most like There is at least a 15% of society that is fucking dumb as shit, violent, that and doesn't so deserve to you. fucking yeah. talk to the rest of us. <laughs> I think that's a good estimate. Yeah, that's a generous estimate, Yeah, too. well, I just, uh, if you went, like, uh, dumb as fuck, period, I'm going to say we're closer to Well, right, 65%. yeah, like, there's a median IQ, right? So then we have to assume that then there's people who are, like, way less than that. And I will say, probably, if you have a low IQ, you're prone to anger and violence and not understanding things Yeah, and being a I dick. mean, I think it was better when incels <laughs> didn't know how to find each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just lived they, alone in their own parents' basement. They, weren't, they, no, they couldn't organize. Yeah, yeah they weren't meant to unionize. Now you, you know have what a I mean? community. Yeah, yeah, no, that's they exactly. To... Dude, have you been? Uh, have you seen 4chan and stuff? No, it's that shit where they're like, okay, so we're like a group who feel like are like-minded, and our new policy is like a month of no masturbation. I'm withholding from myself. Like it's like yeah. trying to conquer your your rapey vibes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's, it's so jerk funny. Off more probably, well, probably right. You should almost have no job and be on like uh, some sort of government subsidy to just jerk off and not bother society. It's like oh. idiocracy. We got to yeah. make this happen. Well, I like the democracy of social media. I like giving everyone a voice. <laughs> uh, I I don't like it when like the when the CEOs of Twitter and Facebook get involved. I feel like they never do the right thing. Like there's so much shit on Facebook, but like Facebook steps in mm-hmm. and, and takes care of all the the problems. Like when like women getting banned for saying men are garbage. Like if you type men are garbage into sure. Facebook, you get a 30 day ban. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, no, well, not the, not why, the men. Why, are, why are you banning anything? Uh, I, I, I my, my come away from it was a little bit more like, hey, they're a company that can do whatever the fuck they want, especially like when it's a tech company. And I know it's not going to make sense, but it's more like that is the nature of tech companies is like to protect men. Well, well, no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, well. more like they 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 ban a lot uh, like a lot of uh, Nazis or people who espouse like, say, a directed hate speech or like violent speech. Right. And I think like they have in the interview with Joe Rogan, I was taking the, the Twitter CEO's side because she was being yelled at by this guy, this red pill dude, yeah. <laughs> because cause she's basically, well, look, it's like if someone is like, we should dox this person, we should attack this person. That's violence. Right. And like, I know. And she's like, America is about like land of free speech, but we really have to take a global pr- perspective of this is used by only a percentage of Americans. It's actually the entire world. And like, so our main policy should really just be like, no matter what, even if it's against the worst person, if you're like, we have to hurt this person, that's a that's a violation. Yep. And if you can point that out, then, you know, you're right. You know, 
I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay, okay with that. Safe and not attacking people. Yeah, I feel like there's a difference between a statement that men are trash or whatever, and uh, <laughs> let's like, dox. I'm just this remembering person. that yesterday I tweeted, uh, I I beat John Cena up every time I see him. <laughs> 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 just I'm just trying to go. She's gonna goad <laughs> certain celebrities into fighting me at this point. <laughs> Have you reached any uh, one yet? Have you got anyone to fight you? No, Damn I, I got to get Elon Musk in the octagon, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe Rogan and Elon Musk in the octagon, dude. Have you seen Elon Muscular? <laughs> it is working. It's, it's just it's just Elon's face uh, photoshopped onto the Rock's body. Hell yes, <laughs> fantastic. Hell yes. Looks, <laughs> that looks like a guy who's gonna take us to Mars, right there. Yeah, yeah I mean. He's he's odd. I I don't know what to say about him right now because I have a bit on my new album that's uh, coming out that's like, it's a joke. Like I'm saying, like I love him, like kind of as a joke. Of like he's fucking funny to me. Like <laughs> my old thing is like, yeah, he fired a rocket over LA and like with a blue chemical trail. Like I thought aliens were gonna kill us. Like I literally was screaming at my girlfriend. It was like, fucking the holy shit. And then the next day I was like. That was a pretty good joke. Like, <laughs> when did he do that? You don't remember this that? happened twice now. He's done this. Yeah. He's just fired. Unan- a- unannounced rocket launches over one of the most major cities in the entire world. Launches something that leaves this huge blue chemical trail all over the city. It looked like the sky was like an alien invasion. You'd never. What? I've never seen anything like it. I, I completely missed. There's this. nothing this comparable. Twice. It's not small at all. Like it literally looked. I live up in uh, Burbank, and uh-huh. it looked about the size of the Burbank airport. The just size of this chemical trail, and and he just fired off from his house or what? <laughs> what is he doing? Is this like one a of his labs? In his backyard. He has like a rocket propulsion lab, like a little bit outside of L.A. Oh, okay. And so to do that and not tell a city, I'm kind of like that is it like, looks like a UFO. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember seeing pictures like yeah. this. Like, literally, I, I looked up in the sky, saw that, and started screaming. Yeah. Oh I just, God. I had no idea what was happening. And a week before, the New York Post had had an article that was like, aliens are real. The U.S. government like, kind of confirms that like, uh-huh. they've seen some weird shit. So I'm kind of like in conspiracy mode, <laughs> get my Alex Jones blood pressure up. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried to like plan a block party, but (laughs) it's a lot of red tape and you have to let people know. And And I'm like, if you're going to launch a rocket, the conspiracy theorist to me is like a cover story over the entire yeah, like, if you're gonna launch Santa Monica, yeah. Burbank, Los Angeles, people like on Twitter were freaking the fuck out. And and my thing is, I'm like, literally, I was like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> like, if I was a billionaire, I would think that's pretty funny to just freak out an entire city. I just freaked out all the peasants. <laughs> uh, look at them run. Yeah. They are so cute. So, but I'm starting to walk it back. I don't know. He's getting a little. He's getting a little weird yeah like i actually did everyone hate him for trying to help the the taiwanese soccer team that, just that, seemed that like he was about get, right? get yeah. in the yeah, conversation in the like yeah. again that was an incident where i'm like he's funny like he called that cave diver <laughs> cave diver a pedophile he did? Yeah, yeah he <laughs> called he called the guy that rescued the children a pedophile because he goes <laughs> this is the funniest shit really it's hysterical for a billionaire to call a guy out like this he goes Oh, this guy is the guy who saved the children? Hmm, let's look at the facts. Move to Taiwan. 
<laughs> in Taiwan at like age 30, hmm, likely pedophile. <laughs> like he oh just, my God, what? <laughs> said that shit. But to be fair, in my lifetime, that literally happened. I, a friend of my dad's moved to Taiwan to be a pedophile. <laughs> Well, that's the you gotta go where the work so, is. So when I when he said that, There's I went. Be this easier. dude's fucking. This dude's like Comedy Central, fucking funny. He <laughs> <laughs> should get an HBO special. Oh, there's got to be easier kids to molest than ones trapped <laughs> in caves. Like, uh, I think you just find him out on no, the street. But that's yeah, sure. There's oh, a lot no. of work to get in there. But then once no. you got him, I mean, you're alone in a yeah. tight space with this kid for hours. <laughs> You have to share one oxygen tank. So, I mean, like... I want to see, like, Elon Musk doing roast battle. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, oh, well, it's very likely that you're a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> if we imagine all of the realities in which you are not a pedophile <laughs> based off of the realities in which you are a pedophile, the likelihood of which you are a pedophile is astronomically higher. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about your album. What is it coming out, and where can people find uh, it? It comes out this Friday. Um, it's my third one. Uh, it's called Able, uh, because the first one I made was called Unbearable. Then the second one was called Bearable. And this one's just called Able. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's a 10-year-long joke that no one has appreciated. But it's worth it for all the that mediocre like success good, I've had. Uh, track, then. You're already up to Able 10 years in. Yeah, 10-some ten, years in. And uh, I'm really excited. So I really hope people uh, check it out. You can find it anywhere uh, albums are sold. Uh, you can check it out on Spotify also. Uh, or you could get, uh, get it off my website, hamptonyunt.com. I'm selling it through Cassette, which has a download code, of course, in it. I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 it's just so you can something. And then... Uh, but they're on actual cassettes? Well, it's like a little card that comes inside the cassette. Uh-huh. A download card, right? And oh, okay. then uh, I also am selling a t-shirt with a different kind of design that my brother made. It looks really fucking awesome. And uh, check it out at HamptonYacht.com. Okay, and, but uh, if I yeah. have a cassette player, I can't uh-huh. actually listen to it on No, cassette? if you have a cassette player, you can play oh, the cassette. Yes. Just, I-, I get so many people being like, well, I'm going to play it on my Walkman. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is, yeah. this is, I'm not an idiot. You get to <laughs> download code. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Where did you find notes. a place to? They they yeah, have exactly. places that still make Chicago. Oh, sorry, what that actually made uh, the made the cassettes. That was through the company uh, Rooftop Comedy. They have kind of people they work with, and it's actually not that hard. Like if you want to look into it, I recommend. Okay. Because uh, like vinyl was the first option, you know, you go oh, but then it's the same likelihood ooh, of like vinyl. Rory Scovel. <laughs> no, I want cassette tapes, bitch. <laughs> Something that was outdated even when I was growing up mm-hmm. <laughs> was quickly losing, you know, Do you fashion. Think compact discs will ever be cool and retro the way vinyl is now. No. Do you think there no. will ever be hipsters no. in the future Absolutely who want not. a laser disc? No, because like compact disc got ruined the minute AOL started putting them in your fucking like mailbox. <laughs> yep. You're just like this is worthless. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> do you remember taking those AOL discs from the mail and like uh, and then like using them as uh, projectiles? Hell like, yeah! You could, like grab it and bend it a little bit and then pop it I'll out. Fucking and flip them at my brother room. all yeah, the time. Exactly. Hell yeah! Whip them real hard. Hell yeah! You shatter them. <laughs> just have just have millions of hours of AOL just <laughs> on your office floor that you just throw in. There's a superhero around this city throwing AOL discs. <laughs> Never seems to run out of his supply. No, I know. I, I think, honestly, in my mind, that was when I was like, oh, so these are like uh, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like garbage, you know? And so the last I, years, uh, like two years since I've had my last album come out, I put it on compact disc, right? It's been a bit of a slug trying to unload those last yeah, 40 man. copies. Yeah. Like, a lot of me just handing them to people and being like, you want something? Here. Yeah. Like, Here. <laughs> Using uh, them as projectiles. <laughs> exactly. Are you the next level? Are you looking forward to Stormy Daniels' album? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy is like, I feel like people don't give her enough shit in a sense, in the sense that she fucked Trump because she thought he was charming. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, add say up. It was for the money. Yeah. <laughs> she said something I, we can respect. Oh, did she say money? Because no, I heard I, in one I think interview she, she should said, say. She said he was charming. He's really nice. I wanted to sleep with him. And that to me is like, so you have like a mental disorder, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> no, but that's just that to like, me is like, either she's so Republican, she's blind or like, that's a sociopath, right? No, like, she's just would, lying. She's just, oh, li- she fucked like, him for money. You think? Yeah. She, you know, I feel like people know a mark when they like see that. one. That's How much a- money is he going to pay her? He paid her hush money to not tell that he fucked her. Yeah. Isn't that that's the, the end same game? Thing, maybe? Isn't that what you're trying to get to is the $130,000? I don't know. Maybe the NDA is wrapped up in a hush payment. But one, okay, here's honestly my philosophy a little bit with Trump is, yes, he's he's an abominable gross man, but like he probably doesn't have to pay that much for sex. Also, I don't think Stormy Daniels needs the money in that sense. Like she's already a millionaire, I'm sure. Like she's I, a really successful porn star. I think when you... Uh, are a public figure who's married hmm. you want sex that you paid for because hmm. it's too messy otherwise oh, i yeah. think that's why they lean towards prop like you know oh, but like paid sex because or you need someone else who has he's definitely s- fucked a ton of prostitutes we know yeah. that for a fact yeah. but i also am like I think I kind of buy that she would be like, I found him charming. <laughs> you know, like he's on The Apprentice and like, you know. Was uh, he not completely awful before he was a uh, presidential candidate? I think maybe he's we gotten didn't know. progressively more awful. Yeah. But he always was awful. <laughs> he was awful, but in a more tolerable way. What an insane. Because he was just an entertainment figure and not uh, pretending to run for and, political office. And it almost has to be like calculated that like in an age where people have never been more exposed he is on twitter 24 7 like don't you find that kind of baffling like if there was like he must either and he does believe it that it's like he could go out on you know main street and shoot shoot somebody somebody. and get you know get away with it because it's like why would you be tweeting (laughs) like he could just not tweet at all he could It, it would literally probably make it hit easier for him yeah but he is like, I'm Teflon. Nothing will stick. You know, this is like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely like psychopathic behavior. And I'd say it has been emboldened over time. 
Who knows, man? He I might even have like a litany doing... of like medical things that happens to his brain over time that no one's even addressed. Like he has there doc- is some, yeah. There's like doctors who are like, he's fine. He's great. He's like, he's in perfect health. He's actually thin. Like they say shit like that. Yeah. And it's like, no, maybe he had a stroke like a while back, a minor <laughs> stroke and no one noticed. And now he's like more aggressive. Like that happens all the time. Like literally the brain is so fucking delicate. And like you can have minor little things that happen that suddenly it's like your brain chemistry is like. Oh, okay. He's like way this off keeps now. Coming we up. were just talking about this with our last guest. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peterson, actually a pretty great dude before he stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, if you look at some of his early work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tr- Trump. That's also what's interesting about Trump and where I get mad where people get so defensive about him. I'm like, hey, he has been a public entity since the 80s. Like, we know who he is. He's the same guy who was a casino magnet. And it's just like, you know, like, why is this so hard for people to understand that possibly this guy is a liar? He grew up in New York real estate. If you even look at the fucking deals, they're shady. Then you look at his casino dealings. He somehow managed to not make a casino work yeah he's yeah. the most inept <laughs> businessman in the world it's literally people handing you money dude the tidbit from the from the cohen testimony about the buffalo bills because <laughs> donald trump wanted to own amazing donald trump yes. wanted to own an nfl team so bad yeah he and and mm-hmm. he couldn't do it mm-hmm. so he helped start uh, yep. With the AFL? Was yeah, it, the, it was either the, the UFL. The UFL, something. And, and I always confused it with the XFL because I was yeah, like, fuck, came, he started the XFL. First. But exactly, this guy is like talking openly about football players. He sued the NFL. They actually, he won his case, but the court was so mad at him, they only awarded him $1. Yeah. That Trump? Yep. Uh-huh. What? Also, but there's, the thing- like, there's like 800 stories. This is my thing. It's like, so if there's this many stories... Why is it so hard for people to believe this guy would be a liar? Right. And then when you finally push that with people, and I've had this with family members of mine, it's like when you push that with them, they kind of go, I know he's a liar, but he's my liar. (laughs) Like I'm so smart. I somehow see through the grift, which is like, that is so stupid. Mm -hmm. That is the trauma of having to sit through eight years of a black president. Is what I I swear to God, (laughs) Trump would have never won behind a white president. But no, all never. of these people who had like Absolutely repressed not. their racism were so traumatized mm-hmm. by having a black president that they will take a literal pile of shit. It's crazy how linked in Obama is to Trump being a thing, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Trump was one of the few people that accepted the invitation. 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 The cold <laughs> invitation to the White House, cor- uh, wait, White House Press Correspondence Center, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So when Obama was uh, president and Seth Meyers was host and he just made fun of Trump. You can mm-hmm. see it on his face. He's mad so as good. fucking shit. Yeah. Seth Meyers went like 20 minutes on Trump. Uh-huh. Like he kind of yeah. touched on other people, but he was like, because Trump was Trump like, he's a Muslim. Like, he was being a racist idiot. Yeah. yeah. So he had every right to have it come at him, but you could just see it on his face, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you will not make fun of me. You will not. One day oh, I will and, be president. And what? And it's nothing for him to just run for president. 
I think that's also true. I think he did just run on a bit of a lark, right? Yeah. Right. S- to start his own news network or whatever, yeah, you know, that he was trying to and do. And then he was kind of bought up by Putin as like a helpful idiot where it's like, oh, this guy, he's, he's clearly a good way to get inside of America. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I would also say, you know, it's like I voted for Obama. I even worked to like get him elected with like this uh, democratic organization in, in DC when I was still living there. But I did feel like he also really let down people towards the end, like in the beginning. I mean, he got in through the bailout, right? Like that was the first thing that he was kind of identified with and he failed to move healthcare through. And then it's like the minute he stopped being elected, he's like hanging out on boats with billionaires, like Richard Branson, like going like parasailing in the Bahamas. And it's just like, you know, we, at the moment we had like this racist, insane dude coming in and like Obama was like, peace, like, I'm out. And I'm not saying he owes us a lot, but it is like, what did happen under his presidency? Didn't we get health care? We Somewhat. did for a little while. Yeah. yeah. We got it. I, uh, <laughs> I, de- I got on it I, on multiple times. Like first, I, when, I, when it first went through, I was, like, I was able to stay on my parents' insurance, even though I was like 26 mm-hmm. and married. I got yeah. to be like, that was like, the first thing. And then uh, later when I had my son and uh, we were all on uh, Obamacare, it was, it was great. I loved it. I feel like that he, by the time Donald Trump was running, I, uh, I had, I have no problems with President Obama saying peace because all the <laughs> shit that he had gone through yeah. and for eight years and just, and just, Taking people's rage and and hatred and and literal spit and just and just sat there calmly the whole time <laughs> and just took it and just sighed and never lost his temper and never said "woe is me." It aged and never him so did. crazy. Yeah. Oh my it god, you look so old. And after. now he just sees like, all right, you know, what? I tried my best. I tried to do something for you yeah. guys, and this is who you want instead. Okay, two terms. Thank I mean, you, you can't next. blame him. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. It's just more like. I think it, I think we were talking about this at the very beginning. I am a little just upset at kind of the constant like military industrial complex thing going on. Like it just has not been scaled back in a way that seems progressive. Like I really uh, often wonder like what and I think we're seeing it now. But like what is the liberal message? What is the democratic message? Like what are we talking about? Um mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think all critiques of like military would be a huge step. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're like, we don't have money. And it's like, yeah, because we have this bleeding fucking wound that's the, maintaining it is the big thing. It's not even just campaigns where we go and attack someone. Sure, that ramps it up, but actually that almost like creates jobs, you know? But then the maintaining of the military is the thing. It's like, God forbid we get rid of some boats or we like, mm-hmm. you know, f- I don't know, fucking not hire new soldiers or yeah. some shit. I don't know. Like, I don't I know. Any, I don't know how to say that. I think the that money. would be great. I think if we spent more money uh, here domestically on all the stuff that we need fixing here, and like, like, what if we were just someone who just didn't give a shit about the rest of the world for a little while? <laughs> why don't we, you know, why don't we just focus inwardly? Let's take some me time. Yeah. Let's work on I mean, self care for the next generation or two, and uh, we can still have enough. Like, we I can wanna, have plenty. Wanna, we can cut our military in half yeah. and have plenty to defend ourselves. I don't and mean, just not and just not have military anywhere else. Well, I don't mean to discredit, though, that like a lot of what the military does is like aid. Right. Like they actually do a lot of stuff like that. Uh, And then there is the minimum of defense. But I just feel like it has to be inflated. There's no way that we're spending like six times more than China. And that makes any sort of sense. Like it just doesn't make sense. 
like so uh where where we can't like afford you know infrastructure there's tons of problems that are just happening in general with like and that's a big thing for me i'm like i kind of like taxes like i like the idea that like i pay to make roads happen yeah. and because roads happen i can now drive over there <laughs> yeah if that didn't exist this would all be wilderness <laughs> so i'm helping create a society you know like i'm all for that i just want to see that more like I do want socialism. I do want like more Hell like yeah. paying into like an infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's I funny. love the idea of socialism. It makes a lot of sense to me. Basically what we're fighting are politicians right now going, do you really want to trust the government to do all this? And I'm like, you're the government. Like yeah. how <laughs> fucking bad does that make you look where you're like, do you really want to trust me to do my job? And take care of you <laughs> and be like, you know, beholden to like oversight. It's like, yeah, that's exactly yeah. why well, also, I, I are, don't want to think about this that. shit. You can't do fucking anything yeah. without asking the government's permission and filling out paperwork and getting permit. Like we already are run by uh, the government. <laughs> yeah. It's just that they are being run by corporations. I don't you know get I mean? to choose my cop. Yeah. Right. You know, like that's like, you know, I don't get to choose my doctor. It's like, well, what, like, what do you fucking know about doctors when your right. arm is bleeding? You fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> shut up. Just go get one. Yeah. I think that the, the, those politicians are really just saying, like, they just want to sit in an office and, and get blowjobs and stuff and get, and get paid for it. They don't want to actually oh, do yeah. any work. And when the, the second you're like, uh, well, I want you to do something, they're like, whoa, do you really want the government to be in charge of going, it? Will you no. confirm the blowjob fund? Did you see <laughs> the currently being allocated by the did government? You, did anyone see the video of uh, the, is it Diane Feinstein? Who is it? Her, uh, yeah. the woman getting confronted by school children and she just starts yelling at Yeah, that them. is hysterical, man. It's so, it made me so angry. I thought I was going to laugh. I felt like I just I've, I've experienced that. Just, where you like talk to an adult and they're like, all right, you're all in trouble. And, and they're like talking about like global warming. Yeah, they're, like, they're we like, need, we want you to support the Green New Deal because, like, she's like, I just won an election. <laughs> so you what? can't even vote. Yeah. yeah, she said something like that, effect, which are like, yeah, we're going to vote yeah. you out when we're yeah. of age. <laughs> you dumb like, shit. Why don't you run for senator then? And they're like, we will, you dumb bitch. Right now we're seven and we need you to fucking sign your name to uh, a piece of paper to save the planet. And, and she's like, it's weird that no one's congratulated me on my recent oh, election. Are wins. you serious? Yeah. This happened? She just, she just felt completely yeah. disrespect she's like you know yeah. i've been i've been a politician for so many years and so i know i i know a thing or two and you guys just come in here and tell me things like you know everything and it's just like hey listen if we're talking about how bad the planet has gotten in the last 20 years maybe the best defense isn't to admit how you've been in charge for the last <laughs> 20 years and done shit <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird because, like, you know, politicians love to use children as a prop, like, whenever yeah. they're on, like, Capitol Hill. or Now you got these woke-ass kids, though. It's not there is one child who was killed by this hairspray, and we need hairspray legislation because I'm being paid off by a lobbyist who wants this for some specific goal. Like, yeah. it's yeah. always like... <laughs> You know, you don't give a shit. Like, what the fuck? Exactly. And, you know, case in point, she's telling a little kid to just go shut the fuck up. He's like, hey, I'm worried about my planet, which oh, is boy. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he's not like arguing I'm worried with you about, about my like, tax reform. So, <laughs> could you guys wrap this up? <laughs> I'm, you're getting the light, kid. 
starts flashing a flashlight in his face. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Is that your closer, kid? Uh, wait, I would. I want to talk to you about suicide buddies real quick. I'm oh, going to cool. go back to like six minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, just uh, the thing from Michael Cohen's testimony that I wanted to focus on was that he said when Donald Trump tried to buy the Buffalo Bills, which the NFL did oh, not my, allow him yeah, to yeah. do. That's what the lawsuit was about. He sued the NFL for not allowing him to buy the Buffalo Bills. He inflated his net worth uh, by $4 billion. <laughs> yep. Four billion dollars, which is no, no, you don't understand. Not what the Buffalo Bills are worth. <laughs> He's smart. <laughs> That's what you don't understand. I love when he like patronizingly said that to some reporter. Kind of like the reason he doesn't pay taxes is because he's smart. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's because you are like grifting. You you inflate. Like that's your definition of smart. He's like, yeah, I lie to get around the system because I'm smart. And then when you go, well, you just committed a crime. He goes, no, I'm just exposing all the holes in the system. I'm just taking advantage of all the yeah. loopholes. And it's like. No, that's a crime. And that's what I love about that fucking testimony that Cohen gave is like there. He is literally saying, no, these are outside of hacking. These are legitimate. These are crimes that have mm-hmm. been covered up. And then uh, it's, 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 it's like if you've never seen a liar before. Or a narcissist. Just the most. It, he's, he's such a textbook How narcissist. How can you not? Like he just, he can't, in his mind, if he did it, it's not a crime. He's like, yeah. well, how could I be? How could it be a crime? If the uh, Republicans a guy, are like, he's the most dishonest lawyer I've ever seen. He's like, well, then why was he Trump's personal lawyer for fucking ten years? Well, right? Because he's such a good liar. <laughs> Wait, and Trump is so smart. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck I like man? the argument how that is this he the most would, complicated thing ever. Yeah, that we need an honest person to testify against Trump, and it's like. Uh, an honest person wouldn't have insider knowledge because yeah. you need uh, a criminal to testify <laughs> against the other yeah, criminals. That's, how the entire, that's the justice system. That's how the period. entire judicial system works: is criminals inform on other criminals. Yeah, yeah. That's I how know, we like, bust. Almost that's Rico. That's how we yeah. bust. When, literally every single every criminal. Single <laughs> when real life Goodfellas was like, they're just like, we can't trust this well, guy. Henry Hill is, you know, he broke that guy's face to talk to his wife. You know, I don't he know said, if we can trust him. <laughs> Him. He's friends with Joe Pesci. Can we trust this man? Can we trust him? I don't think so. He would knowingly be in a movie with Joe Pesci. Uh, Hampton, you've got a great podcast called Suicide Buddies. Thanks. Can you tell us about it? Thanks. I guess if this taps in, if you feel any sort of uh, uh, nihilism and despondency over the world, uh, it's actually a comedy you know, podcast. It's comedy mental health podcast where uh, we talk about depression, me and my co-host Dave Ross, and all that really entails, you know, like uh, what we're going through in the week, ways to maybe get through that, all just trying to be fun and make each other laugh. We riff a fucking way too much. Like this podcast. <laughs> are you, are you both depressed? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just live with it, you know, more than uh, suffer from it, I would say. Okay. At this point, like I'm, I'm more like an adult about it for sure. I used to really have <laughs> you babies out there. No, we should be in a no, fucking. But t- people are different points, you know. And like, um, depression is just a thing you have. Like, it's a chemical imbalance. And then, like, you know, once you kind of realize what that is, and then like how many triggers you have, and what to kind of go around, I feel like you have a better understanding. And like, you don't necessarily have to like live in 
constant therapy and over medication, like you can kind of like scale it back. So anyway, yeah. So, I mean, that's the kind of <laughs> shit yeah. we talk about in it. And then we talk about like one suicide in history that has some sort of like significance that, you know, we want to talk about. And uh, it's a, it's a blast. We have a, so much fun doing it. Do you have a favorite suicide, <laughs> historical suicide? <laughs> um, I don't know. We've done so many interesting ones. We try and do ones also that are like kind of not just, you know, uh, typical, like, Oh, a very depressed person killed themselves. You know, right. like uh, we've done nine eleven for sure. We've done like the nine eleven hijackers uh, twice now. We always do that every Christmas. Nine <laughs> eleven <laughs> Christmas four twenty is our Christmas special. We always do. Uh, one I loved was uh, Johnny Ringo, um, who is a, a gunfighter from Tombstone. Yeah. And like, so in the movie Tombstone, and I always love these ones where it's like there's a movie about uh-huh. the guy, and it's like. He's shot by, you know, like the lead hero at the end. And the reality is like he died from alcoholism and killing himself, you know, like sadly out in the woods. Val Kilmer didn't kill him? (laughs) No. (laughs) So that's that kind of shit. I love I love it when there's a movie made specifically that gets it wrong because we could just talk about that for so long. Huh. What um what because we just had a a suicide in the comedy community and uh, I've been talking to people about their take on Mm -hmm. suicide like what are your thoughts on like because i have a friend Uh, who killed uh himself because he was facing jail time i'm so sorry yeah that's uh, say circumstantial kind of things yeah just like jump ship and i'm like yeah well if i'm gonna live in prison i'll just i'll just reincarnate like why would i uh hang here for that it's interesting to talk about um you know, say suicide because uh, it obviously talks, you then have to talk about depression and anxiety, right? right? Which I feel are like almost like we don't have the right terms to define these things in a lot of ways because I don't think people understand what the difference is. And say like anxiety is like, I can't go to prison. I'm going to fucking hate. Like it's just too much. It's too yeah. much pressure. Your body cannot. And I've had panic attacks and like, you know, complete like loss of self and like, you know, gushing tears or whatever your body's shaking you know that sort of shit like so i get that and then depression is like more like i don't deserve anything i shouldn't exist uh and it's more like uh reoccurring cycling bad thoughts and brody uh and we you know we didn't talk about him like analyze his suicide we just more talked about how we felt about him on our podcast and how much we love him but brody was taking like a ton of uh medication and it's funny because someone posted up a video like they're, they're like, oh, uh, Brody did this set like six months ago on my TV show. And uh, in the video, Brody goes, I just went off Lexapro against my doctor's orders. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and I was like, fuck. Because <laughs> like, last time he did that, Damn that's it. when he had a freak out at like Starbucks. He was like raving and um he had to the, go to like the a psych last ward. time he went off lexapro you mean he went uh, he went off his medication like oh. cold turkey uh he had like an incident and he had to go to, like a psych ward you know Damn. and so i think there's a very clear line to draw there of like um the big problem was he went cold turkey off his medication and i don't think it's an accurate assessment to be like oh sad clown you know t- yeah. tears of a clown because 
Brody didn't really have a lot of the symptoms of depression. He was constantly out. He was so uh, effusive with people, talking with people, friendly. He he didn't shy away from people. Right. Which when you have depression, it's usually like, how do I even get out of bed? Yeah. It's typically, there's very few people who are like, fuck yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, or, 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 or you're not. I, and I, I mean, it kind of goes back and forth, but he just seemed to be kind of consistent. And I would say, let's say like, Myself, I can be pretty like present, but if you got to know me long enough, you'd know I just have like down days and I'm very open about it. Like I would tell you, like, I think you'd know. Like, yeah. like if I get myself, you'd be like, well, yeah, he was so sad all the time. <laughs> like he, he just said he was sad all the time. Like, so it wouldn't be that hard to figure out. I do know uh, several conspiracy. people <laughs> that suddenly quitting medication. Mm-hmm. Um, even uh, I knew someone who was on methadone for pain. Their oh, doctor had wow. put them on it for like a broken back or something. And uh, she stopped taking it and turned into like crazy person. And this is like a successful business Holy owner. Fuck. And then was just like a crazy person in the street with, with sidewalk chalk, uh, leaving herself markers. Cause she kept bouncing from dimension to dimension. Whoa. And, uh, she sounds cool. <laughs> That's why I met her. I met her when she was doing that. And I was like, you're my Jesus. kind of uh, You're my person. kind of friend. <laughs> kind of fun. And then she, you know, evened out and just was like, oh, yeah. you're not as fun anymore. She didn't. She, she, she ended did? up in the hospital for a really long time. Oh, man. I mean, and, uh, 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 odd person to point out, but remember when Owen Wilson tried to kill himself? It's no. He went off his medication. No. Yeah, he slit his wrists. Really? Owen Wilson. Yeah, I know. Like a guy, I, I, in my mind, I'm like, wow, he's written like fucking movies. He wrote like Royal yeah. Tenenbaums and shit. Like he's amazing actor, super funny guy. He's got everything. And like, I think at the time he had just, he might have been dating Jennifer Aniston or had been. I don't know. I, I guess he, he, I just more mean in that simple way that you look at a celebrity and you go, well, that guy's got it he all. He should be happy. He yeah. should be happy. But it's like, yeah, going off your medication suddenly, cold turkey is a not not advised it's you a, need to talk to someone to get into it and you need to talk to someone to get out of it yeah I, medication's a big deal your brain chemistry can be so easily affected by even a couple knocks to the head it's not a, so weird how they this don't, keeps coming up i um they don't I even went off know mine. about concussion shit yeah i went off mine i purposely tried to wean myself off of it though like i mm-hmm. didn't go cold turkey I just like had I did I I Depends lost what you're I lost too. my health care uh, mm-hmm. when Donald Trump uh, took <laughs> over and uh, so like I I just wasn't never gonna re I had this last bottle of pills uh, that I wasn't going to refill and mm-hmm. so I purposely tried to uh, start <laughs> staggering them out you know yeah like I'll take one a day instead <laughs> of two a day and then I'll go down to every other day and then I just quit and I but I like mm-hmm. was bracing myself I was like this is gonna be a bad few months. I was like, I'll be on the lookout for any kind of symptoms or whatever. Uh, and uh, it went okay for me. And it also, yeah, obviously depends on what you're on. And yeah. uh, I don't remember now it's, what I was on. But. It's pretty interesting because, um, yeah, I don't want to be like a guy who's like, you know, over medication is, I mean, it's a problem for sure. I think, like, say, a lot of times depression is more just awareness in a lot of people's lives. Like there's people who have like true chemical imbalances. Right. You can easily see it where someone has mental illness, right? Like that's usually like, holy shit, this person's like fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it's usually more readily apparent, but then, you know, say the average person who goes to therapy, right. And they will be like, well, you know, my family doesn't talk to me and, uh, 
my girlfriend, you know, I don't think we're good together. Or like, you know, I don't like my job. And it's like, well, that's awareness. Yeah. It's really just like you're, you're talking about your life in an honest way. Yeah. And I think that's valid. And I think like, you know, you do have depression that builds out of that in the same way. Like when you keep, you know, an animal in like a tight confined space, they get depressed, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like situational. Like, yeah. It's a chemical yeah. reaction that it actually does evolve out of the situation. You know? Yeah. So I think, um, it's really about being honest and addressing those problems actually more so than trying to get on, you know, you know, some sort of medication to, to rectify that, at least address what the situation is first and what steps are you taking to fix that actually in your life? Yeah. I think you like know? situational sadness, it was always frustrating to me when people would be like, uh, uh, my husband left me all of mm-hmm. a sudden with two kids. So I went and got on meds mm-hmm. and it's like, well, no, you're, you're sad for a reason. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you were fine you. and then something traumatic happened to you, uh, maybe before you start messing with the hardware, just, uh, you know, yeah. like grief. And, I think, and yeah. um, I'm not a doctor, Feelings so I don't know, but, and, and, you know, they are important and they are important to address, but it's also, you know, as you get older in time, I think it's important to kind of build up a toughness in a sense. Like you should go through a really hard time. Uh, I, I would do in standup, you know, like a couple years back before I got with my girlfriend, I was like, I really don't want to date anybody who hasn't had their heart broken. Yeah. Say, I don't want to even talk to you. (laughs) Like Mm. if you haven't like almost been divorced, there's nothing we can talk about. (laughs) We're not on the same emotional Mm. level. (laughs) There's nothing. But I could do a counterpoint, Jessa. Like I, I was definitely depressed before my divorce. I, I definitely was. I didn't get on any medication though until the divorce just like wrecked me. And, uh, it was situational. But like I felt that those that getting on on meds totally. was such an important step, and I uh, uh, I'm you know something else might happen later in my life where I get back on them. But like uh, the the couple years that I was on them, uh, I when I when I quit, it was like a good time for me to quit and go off. I felt like I had learned a lot of lessons, and I was and I had learned a lot of uh, patterns and behaviors. And things that, that were going to keep me safe and like better, better. Uh, uh, yeah. Whatever. I, I learned. I learned how. Like I process. learned how to go to the gym. I learned how to uh, mm-hmm. take a day off. I learned how to force myself to get back out there the next day. I learned all those things because of that time while I was on pills. Huh. I feel like if I if I wasn't getting medicated totally. after that, uh, I was a goner. Totally. Uh, I, it allowed I, yeah. me it like it forced me to at least get to a functioning level and at that functioning level I was able to then uh grieve and make changes right. and not uh, I feel like without that uh, I wasn't really totally. like grieving in a constructive way. I was being destructive. It is important and I think it's like um like you're saying, you know, it's like that's why it's you have to really talk to a therapist, talk to a uh, psychiatrist about your medication for a bit to before you start taking it. And that, you know, because the weaning off process can be a whole. Yeah, thing. I guess I just don't know anyone that ever gets off of it. So yeah, the, no, he's the, I, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, everyone like, I know. You, got, got Donald on Trump. <laughs> What's up, dude? You did all the right things. It's yeah. All about self-awareness. But um, but also it's fine, I guess, if you want to. Uh, yeah, I would uh, never take... say don't take it. Uh, but yeah, it's all about kind of like learning to to get off in a sense. I was on medication for a while, too. But yeah, I think uh, it's 
you know, you build a tougher layer in your brain or something, or your heart. <laughs> you learn to adjust. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully that's when you make the shift, you know? I've also, every psych med I've ever been put on, uh, I think I'm getting put on stronger stuff than you probably got put on, but I felt like, oh, this is robot pills. You just gave me pills to turn me into a robot. Mm. And uh, I'm the kind of person that I think that if I got put on pills, I would be notoriously quitting them cold turkey all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think yeah, I ever yeah. took them long enough to, to regulate me, but, uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time in insti- mental institutions and, you know, I just, the pills feel like I, I just understand people who go on benders and, and quit their pills and stuff. So I think probably something different than antidepressants, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's difference, right? there's antipsychotics and stuff. I think that that's everything like I was ever put more on. Like, heavy yeah it's like (laughs) walking coma and it's a a person by person thing yeah i don't know so you know with mental health i mean it's fun with the podcast because like we kind of have like a running bit almost that like i have like hampton's helpful hints like a joke that it's like drink water do push-ups like it's all the shit that like is patronizing as hell when someone's like i'm really depressed you're like have you tried drinking water yeah (laughs) You tried going outside looking at dogs. <laughs> so it's like, I think it's fun to just kind of talk about that and talk about how it's it's real. Like a lot of that makes a lot of sense, but it's also like, you know, it's so fucking infuriating when people tell you that when you're like, no, I'm sad. And then they're like, wow. yeah, leaving my <laughs> Have house. Have you tried calling your friends more? <laughs> like, I, I tried to talk to my parents about it and just my dad was just finally said you know i i have no idea what that's like oh yeah yes you have no idea what that and that's why i kept trying to hammer home to him so you don't know he's like well i just i mean i get (laughs) we we get sad from time to time but uh you just you just get up and you just you just keep going i was like yeah dad i don't think you've ever been depressed then Um, like i explained all these things and he was like well no i just go to work and i was like yeah then i don't think that you that you know to do a bit that was like um, me telling my parents being like um, you know sometimes I just um, don't know how I'm gonna like I'll be sitting in my car and I just don't know how I'm gonna like even get on the road and go to work and my parents would be like is there a lot of clutter in the driveway (laughs) (laughs) no it's uh, it's, the darkness it's the clutter inside (laughs) (laughs) oh parents parents just don't understand (laughs) Your parents still in Virginia? Yep. Uh, uh, so I we all grew up in the DMV area. Yeah, this is the DMV podcast. The Delaware, Jess is repping. Uh, I'm from Maryland, <laughs> and Hampton is from Virginia. 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 Yeah, one of the most racist <laughs> places ever. I can't believe Shouts people out. don't think that Virginia is the South. <laughs> I think that it's the South. It's All I say when people say that is like, well, our governor was just fired for blackface. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we can Jesus. give us a good idea. Uh, a Maryland <laughs> lawmaker called uh, Prince George's County, the county that I'm from, an N-word county. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The hits kept coming with yeah. that. Like there was a bunch of people getting like exposed. Yeah. I she mean. said she was she said like she didn't deny saying it. She just said, uh that she was uh, like dis- she was like I, I disappointed that that I said this word 
When you, and that's like not a word that you accidentally stumble upon. You don't. Uh, you've no one's ever been like yeah. shocked by that word coming out of their own mouth. That's a Here's that's a word that they've heard and said yeah. and thought about many times. No, it's a different it. world over there. When I uh, was living in Delaware, because I've spent most of my life in Portland, and oh. but I'm like originally like born in Delaware and then a parent on each coast. Oh, interesting. But uh, <laughs> like I super villains. Moved to Delaware <laughs> to get sober and joined. They have like private athletic clubs that are just like bars where, you, but you like play <laughs> pool and you have like your sports teams out of there. But you can smoke in them. Was the big appealing thing? Hell yes. And uh, I don't remember how it came up, but you had to like pay fifty bucks a year to be a member, and then you got to go to this bar. And uh, at some point it comes up that black people aren't allowed oh to be members at this one. And I was like, this is 2006. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. wait, what? And they, because uh, it was something about a pool team was coming in to play and that there was a controversy or oh what. And I was God. like, wait, what? Wait, what? And they were like, yeah. But I mean, like they have their own club and white people aren't allowed there. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I'd say they, they have a, they have a, an equal club. It's separate, but they have <laughs> their equal. own equal club. I went to a barbecue in Rising oh, Sun, wow. Maryland. Well, I've never heard of this. Rising town. Sun, Rising Maryland. Already, already off to a bad start. In yeah. 1999, <laughs> maybe. And they had just had a lynching. Wait, what? It was in the fucking paper. Really? A lynching in the paper. Yo, yeah. fuck these people. Uh, Anybody who identifies even on the same lines as them can go get fucked. And yeah. then when they were talking, like it was in the paper and they were talking about it at the barbecue. And this is like at this point in my life, I've spent most of my life in Portland. And so yeah. every time wow. I would come back to Delaware and be reminded how hardcore overtly r racism still exists in part of the country. <laughs> and I would I was like, fucking what? You know, yeah. because in Portland, it's presented that racism's over. And uh, cause we only have nine <laughs> black people here, yeah. and they're all fine. Yeah. Everywhere. Like, it, people don't talk about how The police in Portland are, like, suspect as a white individual with dreadlocks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ear gauges measuring <laughs> one to three centimeters. I think people want to say, like, racism's over. Racism's been done, uh, been done for a long time. Racism like, is canceled. Yeah. <laughs> 1999 wasn't it. very long ago, and there have been more lynching since then. And like, but then Mormons love to talk about how they're persecuted. The and, oh, yeah, and they'll and they'll bring up all the time. Like, did you know that in the state of Illinois, it was legal to kill a Mormon up until the mid 70s, 1970s. The execution order was still on the books until the mid 70s. How many it was legal to kill Mormons in Illinois and blah. Shut up. Who'd that affect? Three people? Yeah, like, did anyone actually... Like, <laughs> I don't know any stories. The law was on the books, but was, was any, like, were Mormons being murdered in the streets? Christians well, are the same way, that they are, like, so persecuted. You know, like, they're systemic... Mm -hmm. uh, Stay away oh, from dude. our bakeries! Well, I don't know if you know this. There's a war on Christmas, guys. <laughs> there, there, there's a, guys, there's a war on Christmas. There's a tactical strike at the North Pole happening right now. <laughs> Obama's called in SEAL Team 6 at Santa's Play Shop. <laughs> Work, workshop? But play please shop. stop bringing up racism. It's really... <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean, really uh, the beauty of like Virginia is it's not just racist. Uh, there was a great moment when I was growing up in high school, and I'm like playing um, gym, and we're like playing baseball. And I'm out in the outfield, nice. And I'm talking to my friend, and he's like, "Man, last night, me and my cousin hooked up, <laughs> full on, just bragging, no shame. He knew what he said. How hot? <laughs> me and my cousin." cousin. <laughs> That's what I, I know. This is his cousin, like the hottest girl in the I school. I was like, 
you're kidding. He was like, fucking yeah, dude. <laughs> We're wow. on the couch to start kissing. It's so hot. And I was like, fuck, dude, this guy's just bragging about fucking his cousin. And I was like, I literally was like, is it like your well, did second they fuck cousin? Did they... Is it... Yeah, they fucked. And he was like, I was like, is it your second cousin? Is it like distant? He's like, no, she's my cousin, but I was like, who cares? Like, he was like, you're gay. Like, why would you have a problem with that? Like, yeah, it's like I, I knew not to push it too hard because yeah. it's like I'm queer for just asking why you would fuck your cousin. Wait, it was a yeah, girl my mistake. Cousin? I'm gay. <laughs> you don't fuck your family. You don't make your family tree a stump? All right. What's all wrong I, with you? All I've learned is that when I hook up with my cousin, I'm not going to brag about it to Hampton. Yeah, no, you're supposed to be Jessa. secretly incestual like the rest Hot of the country. Day. My no. girlfriend doesn't even know. No. Oh, no. My girlfriend doesn't even know, man. So is this what the podcast is? It's talking about politics. Politics, <laughs> no, incest, this is our first politics. Uh, yeah, we mental never health get in, stuff. We talk. We do a lot. We, I feel like we are also uh, a a mental health comedy type podcast. We uh, talk about a lot of. We cry a lot on our podcast. <laughs> we get into shit. We rarely ever get into the so military sorry. industrial complex. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's Just getting me heated. <laughs> These Cohen testimonies getting me heated. <laughs> but watching that Civil War documentary last night. I like, lo- I've seen that. I love what that was interesting is they had no military. Yeah. Is that's that they what... didn't have anybody who was a soldier. They had to like volunteer because they were like, yeah. oh, we don't. Uh, you know. That seemed like a good system. Yeah. They got hundreds of thousands of volunteers on day one. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, they weren't trained and it was really bad and they had no generals that ever had battle experience. <laughs> and sure, it drugged the war on for five years. This is but about still. how it's going to go the next time around, right? Yeah. It feels like they're just, I mean, like, exactly. There's no, it's going to be like Twitter. It'd be like, all right. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I guess they uh, impeached Trump and now Hillary's president or whatever the yeah. fuck yeah. their nightmare is. Like, meeting, Central Park, bring a gun. <laughs> and then it's going to be like the same way. Bring like, a tiki um, torch. What was the... What was the and uh, a Dodge Charger. The 1% thing. What was the liberal thing? Uh, Occupy. Occupy yeah. Wall Street. Like, that was like just off of Twitter. The revolution yep. in Egypt was just off of like Twitter. Spring, yep. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's going to be something like that. Exactly. It will be the most poorly fucking educated dumbasses who are so excited, so That's excited to start violence. It's all people who have never been soldiers. in fights before who want to start fights. Yeah. That's real fucking dangerous. They were all looking forward to it. They were so pumped. They were all afraid that they wouldn't get a chance to shoot someone, that it would be over <laughs> too fast. Like, we got to sign up now yeah. Let's uh, on both sides. Yeah. Like, boys from Massachusetts and boys from Charleston War were all just like, we need yeah. to get fighting. We need to go. But that's been the case with, say, 9-11 or any sort of incident. Like, I mean, it's, it's actually really easy to recruit people if there's any sort of tangible thing going on. Like, people are, there's a lot of people who want to fucking murder <laughs> or have little qualms about it. Just a base instinct? It. Yeah, they, or they don't understand it. They're too young. That's the thing is, like, no one, you know, joins the military when they're, like, 45 and they've actually, like, learned anything about life or anything. Yeah. It's all, like, kids who have no concept, really, of death. They want to be in a fight. They've never really been in a fight, so they don't fucking know what that means. You know, mm-hmm. they don't know what it means to like lose a friend or, you know, not understand why you're there and be fighting and be murdering other Legs people. Surely, off. yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, the whole fucking concept of war is like it traumatizes almost everybody who touches it. It mm-hmm. is who actually tangibly touches war. So it's like 
only an idiot would, you know, try and bait that and try and get that. Do you think humanity will ever escape that desire and just learn and say, all right, war is not good? Or do you think we're just going to keep... You know what would be great? A really cool plague would be awesome. Just take it out of our hands. What if Mm -hmm. we all get so filthy? (laughs) 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 You know, like we all like it's a body wash, like Axe body spray, I guess, like kills. Haven't we fought through multiple plagues, though? Like, haven't we had (laughs) both at the same time? That's what I'm saying. I think we're due. I think it'd be. I think that would help society a little bit. I read this Dan Brown book, you know, the it's guy, blameless. the angels and demons and the Da Vinci code. Oh, shit. It was the same Robert Langdon. Tom, okay. think, imagine Tom Hanks, right? It's a, it's a Robert Langdon adventure <laughs> where he uh, is going against a dude who wants to spread a plague. Mm-hmm. It wants to spread a plague and, and wipe out uh, the world. And the whole book, I'm like. This bad guy, you can tell that Dan Brown just really thinks this bad guy is the good guy. <laughs> like, he's never really presenting. That's funny. He's yeah. not presenting any right. argument that is, like, refuting this dude's uh, monologues whatsoever. And then in the end, the bad guy does win. The plague is released. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Yeah. And, and Robert Langdon just kind of, like, makes his peace with it. And he's just like, well, you know, I guess that wasn't as bad as I thought it Holy was. Holy fuck. And that's how the book ends and i was like uh so that's dan brown explicitly telling you like i think this would be cool yeah yeah the genius guy just did a thing that like made people uh, uh like a certain pop a percentage of the population black people no. <laughs> <laughs> he just made people like he's infertile. a racist and so like okay. like more people could so like no one had to like die no, oh, that's uh, fucking no, good. no one is like <clears throat> coughing up Dude. blood and dying they just uh stopped giving birth and uh, the population would... shrinks down and everything gets better. Basically, that's, we'll that's never have, you know, ending war. Exactly. Right. So, like, I think the model there is like we have to take care of people We're we're spending too many resources. It's clearly there's too much population. Right. That's usually the go to. But the thing is, is like there is enough resources probably to take care of everyone. Definitely. There but, absolutely is. But I think, uh, yeah, like. We'll never tackle war until there's kind of like, you know, how are you going to get rid of inequity? You know, or like, uh, I, I, like say you'd want to make like the Middle Eastern totally fertile soil <laughs> so that like you're not even arguing over land. It's like, well, there's it's just you can grow anything anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. like but more more so than that. It's like, yeah, I I think you would need to like prove that we've taken care of everyone, you know, some sort of like universal income or whatever. Like there's not like, you're not concerned about how are you going to feed your family? And I think when you get rid of that, you really take away a lot of hostility in people. Like you're not going to get as many revolutionaries and people like that when you're actually taking care of your system. Right. So then you don't have to have a military that really is countering that, you know? So really, you know, a lot of these people, have a semi-legitimate claim, you know, like any sort of terrorist or whatever. It's like there is an equity. There is some problem. And maybe what they're arguing isn't right, but there's clearly some sort of inequity. No one happy is like, you know, going to blow themselves up. 
I th- I I think you're probably right. I just I also have this sneaky suspicion that like if we lived in this utopia, mm-hmm. uh, that we would just find like inane bullshit to go to war over. <laughs> just like, like in Star be- Trek, where they had like the black white people, they yeah. still like he is the opposite of me, so I hate him. I like, hate him now. Yeah, just like a Doctor <laughs> Seuss level. They have three stars I, on their head, and I, I'll kill them. I think that is what sci-fi always p- posits: is that you know I think. You know, or they a lot of times think that like, humans are just too innately evil, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, whatever technological advances we make will just be corrupted. But I mean, like, I don't know, really what, you know, there's definitely no like kill them all philosophy that'll work. There's no way we're going to like, you know, kill all the bad guys. Got it taken care of. I don't think there's any sort of like also defense position that you can really take that makes any sense. Um, so... Like, you can't prepare for, like, um, you know, people who want to really kill you. Really. They'll figure out some way. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, wait, if you really think about home protection, say, I think about it the same way. It's like, you know, when my girlfriend's like, well, let's, like, lock all the doors or something. And I'm like, I hear you, but also, like, if someone really wants to kill you, they're coming in this house and they're killing us. There's very little I can do. Just shy of, like, holding a knife all the time. Yeah. And that's not a way to live. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Try to make fewer enemies. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Like, I exactly. Think, Try I think to make fewer door, enemies. Is, a locked is the door policy. is good as a good defense against just like random burglar. But like if you uh, murdered someone's sister, like yeah, then they, and like they have a reason, they have a vendetta out against totally. you. Totally. I hear yeah. that there's Stop like always going to be people who just walk sister. up to the house and go, yeah, fuck it. Walk off to the next house. Yeah. But I just have a burglary. If someone's like, I got to fucking kill this guy. <laughs> I hate this guy. I want him dead. There's almost nothing I could do to really stop someone from doing that. Really? I mean, uh, so I think that's a global almost like policy too. It's like if you're not getting rid of the people who want to kill you and really like dealing with why they want to kill you, <laughs> it's not going to stop. All right. I'm going to twi- uh, take the subject Twit. way, way <laughs> back a little bit. Speaking of not being able to stop people, this is something that I think about with suicide a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, when mm-hmm. I I'm often weirded out, and it, I guess I've changed. I used to be one of those people. I oh, I remember my bro- I was scared that my brother was going to kill himself, and I was like trying really hard to make sure that he wouldn't, and uh, he hated that. I'm and sorry, felt man. it was very condescending, and right. I didn't get. It. I was like, I just love you. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry for trying to tell you that I love you. And he's like, you're trying to guilt me into not killing myself. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> now I've changed though, and I do, and I see people in the wake of a suicide mm. uh, express a lot of anger at the person who who killed themselves, mm-hmm. or they express regret, like they could have done something to stop that person from killing themselves. Mm. And I disagree now. I don't think. Oh, no. there's well, that anything. was what I was trying to get at earlier. Yeah. 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 So, I think it's fine. I well, think if you don't have ki- kids, you know oh, what I mean? I you. Uh, oh. <laughs> you should be able to leave if you're you really, want to leave. You're really like uh, putting it in a box here. Well, I mean, if you do season. have kids, whatever, but there's a lot more aftermath. But if a person, sure. a, a single person who's not like, uh, you know what I mean? Like that's your choice. I don't think you should have to uh, consider the feelings of, uh, you know, yeah. the, the idea that it's selfish I, or that there's no situation. Like oh, if yeah, I had totally. a, a disease I, like Parkinson's, I would yeah, just I'm leave. I'm all about euthanasia for sure. I don't think life should be pain. Like that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. You know, but um, 
Yeah. I, I, on the other hand, though, say like we've we've had a couple, you know, individuals who are single. You know, they definitely have friends. The same as you, you know, a lot of us. You know. Yeah. So, uh, and I think in a lot of those situations, it's like, whoa, you know, you really should have stopped this situation, you know, four years earlier and gotten a hold of yourself, like. Of course, you could see somebody being that despondent when it's reached this crazy level of anxiety and depression, you know, things mounting on each other. But hopefully you've actually dealt with that earlier, you know, and then you don't get there. So that's kind of like in the podcast. We talk about that a lot when we talk about a specific suicide is like, you know, to give someone some sort of advice is like, you know, if you're having these sort of similar feelings to this person we're talking about, you know, our advice is maybe like when it was getting you know, this level of you hating your, your job or hating your, you know, everyone's in my family is mean to me. Well, maybe you shouldn't be like hanging out with your family anymore. Yeah. Maybe you should right. go get a new family. You know, it's like shit like that. Like, and it happens time and time again. Like we did, um, uh, Sylvia Plath, like the whole like family, um, her husband had killed her, himself. She killed herself and his mistress that he cheated on her with killed herself. So we did like Whoa. three episodes and it's all like this sort of shit. Like the advice is just like, yeah, don't get in these kind of manipulative relationships with a guy who's constantly trashing you. Like if anyone's giving you shit, like early on in a relationship, get the fuck out. Like, yeah, you know, it's like helpful <laughs> that that's hopefully how you can maybe stop a suicide years before it happens. It's like, I totally understand when somebody's at the end of their rope because it's not that they're weak. They've been strong for so fucking long. They've been like trying to stay alive for forever. And they've just, it's all gone. You know, that's usually the breaking point where you spiral out, you know? So it's like, hopefully we've, you know, you can deal with that early on, you know? Yeah. It's about not repeating bad behaviors for sure. You know, repetition will just drive you crazy, you know? It's the same fucking comment from this guy every fucking day, you know, or like whatever. It's the same fucking traffic every fucking day, you know, whatever, you know. I've been learning a lot about uh, like like riding out anxiety, Hmm. uh, not needing it to uh, because I had like uh, 15 years of no issues. Hmm. And so I thought I was cured. And then you uh, were so good. And then I've had a a rough uh, 18 months. And um, I now just read books on the type of anxiety that I'm having when I'm in it, mm. and it makes it uh, much better. It's like it's like, it's like how I come down out of the rafters. Is oh. I just do it, you have like, like a good recommend? The names are all very embarrassing, but oh. um, <laughs> hop on pop. What I have uh, found is that uh, my childhood trauma. Uh, I got molested. I was raised by drug addicts, uh, mm. and. Uh, I, I think I had uh, probably PTSD as a kid. Definitely. And, um, but there was like a point in my early adulthood where I, I think since, a, since childhood, I am someone who something bad happens and I very quickly uh, put it in a bubble and just set it to the side oh, yeah. and like power through like a very wow. survivor personality and um, very uh, don't spend a lot of time in the emotional thing and just like logically like, okay, well, you don't, you did that to me. You don't get to live in my head rent free. And um, You're storing up a lot of moments. They there. are coming back. Right. Yeah. And so they are being triggered by like adult relationship experiences. Oh, yeah. And I <laughs> am 
someone who's always been very self-aware and kind of understands how my brain works. So like I can tell when I'm projecting, right? So like I start looking into projecting and then I start looking and then it's just kind of been this like constantly unfolding where I have an experience and then I notice a compulsive behavior that I'm like, oh, I remember this from childhood. And now I'm realizing like, oh, I was super fucked up in childhood. A lot of these like quirky personality traits were actually like disassociation and and uh yeah it sounds like you've constantly tried to just deal with it and push through so yeah. that but that you're not really dealing with it yeah so those emotions then and it sucks because yeah i've had that too it's like you're yelling at someone for like the thing that you're mad about previous well it just yeah. has happened before yeah and now it's happening again and you just yeah. feel like fucking pissed off you yeah know? I read something about a snow globe where you're having an experience and then it triggers your your story, <laughs> you know, and the yeah. next thing you know, the snow is falling and it's like, uh, this is a very minor. I asked you if you wanted to hang out. You said no. But now I, I literally feel like I, I feel like people are leaving me rejected. all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like, shit like that. Yeah, I'm having these and then I'm just going to spiral for 12 hours. And so I found that like reading books. And so I've just I've read so many books like helps. And then uh, I'm learning how to like label thoughts That's as just this is my thought that I'm getting left. This is my thought that I'm and like rather than I yeah. keep trying to figure out what's the code to never feel this way again. Mm -hmm. And the stuff I'm reading right now is like you're going to feel this exactly. way for the rest of your life. That's exactly and how I think of just it. write it out like a mm -hmm. bad trip, which is how I've always dealt with depression is just depression so much easier yeah. to me than than uh, yeah. anxiety. You ask, uh, you know, it's like, how do I deal with it now I think at the beginning and it's like you know it's just over time you know it's it's the weird thing of telling somebody you know don't kill yourself and you know I'm glad you're alive and you know wait it out is that it does kind of oddly work but the way to yeah. get out is like years it is really like get through this build a little bit of a tougher you know uh, skin get on medication if you need to get through this and then you will have such a different understanding of yourself that sometimes like when I think of who I was, you know, 10 years ago, it's so completely different. I'm completely different yet doing a lot of the same things I was going to do anyway. I'm still doing comedy. I'm still like, you know, uh, in relationships and have, you know, a family and everything. And, you know, so it's funny that like a lot of times you're like, oh, if I do therapy or whatever, I change anything. I won't have this creative like entity, yeah. which is so stupid and selfish. But like, it's like, oh, I guess you'll just continue to be a monster to everyone yeah. around you. Like, <laughs> just not going to do any personal work is your thing. <laughs> no, I'm like so eccentric. It's, it's worth it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, the way I kind of deal with, um, rejection or feelings of uh, anger or whatever they used to uh, it's it's in such a different place now and I will still feel the same way but I go, early on go I'm feeling exactly this yep. way because of that moment that happened there that's not fair because that's not fair to me and that's not fair to that moment and um, I feel okay you know or like just trying to not get upset really it's I do think you should process emotions but that's why therapy is helpful like say I learned a lot about like, um, you know, things that upset me throughout my entire life, you know, from early childhood, just feeling ignored or whatever, you know, that's clearly made me a performer and all yeah. the, all the inequities and shit. But it's like, now that I know that, and I literally had a professional go, 
you're not crazy. Actually, every one of those incidents you just said make perfect sense that you'd be upset. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. You go, okay, I'm not fucking crazy. Well, good. <laughs> I feel I feel a weight off my fucking uh-huh. shoulders. And then when like someone like, you know, lets me down or something in a similar fashion, I'm like, yeah, I was mad about that earlier thing, but uh, this is a different situation. I don't just like, you know, compound and you know, yeah. ruminate. And that's the thing is with depression is a lot of cycling thoughts that just keep coming back. And once you lock into I'm worthless is kind of like the last, you know, thing, right? You know, there's all those things that are making you anxious in life about like, uh, I owe this person this money or this this friendship or this relationship. And then when you can't meet all those obligations that you've suddenly stacked for yourself in your brain, which no one can really meet, then you're like, I guess I'm just a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just garbage. And then you just see everything as yeah. evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. It's really hard to break supports out of that. it. Yeah. And everything just gets worse. Cause it's, it's the compounds. most lying to yourself thing possible. It's just, you're just going, I don't even deserve to breathe. I guess I'll just keep breathing. Like yeah. it's like, you're, you're just like, out of control hate yourself at yeah. that point you know mm-hmm. you're rock bottom absolutely uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, my, anyway my, i got super <laughs> depressed no, 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 uh, no i think that's so i've been working on my self-worth for the last three years uh or maybe my whole life i don't know but uh the last three years definitely have, i uh have i've seen noted improvement but something that like really clicked for me was when uh Je- jessica helped point out illustrate all the good things that people had said to me hmm. and and helped me realize that I was just dismissing all of them. Yeah. Like I would sit here and just be anytime someone else would get a compliment, I would be upset because I was like, Oh yeah, well everyone loves them, but no one loves me. And then someone would be like, Hey, I really love you. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. You're building, you're I building am, a case. I am talking uh, yeah. about how much everyone loves him. You know, you're building a court case against yourself. <laughs> like ladies and the gentlemen of the jury i clearly suck uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, and nothing and everything nothing, is evidence to prove nothing it. would change my mind except for me it's like i had to and it yeah. took a very long time to change my mind i still have bad days where i don't really believe it but like i think now i i, I believe in my own worth more than i did three years ago yeah the and average I, person doesn't deal with it quite as much as performers were like literally like all i run a suicide podcast yeah. for <laughs> mental health, and i still get comments that are like Hampton ruins the podcast. <laughs> and I literally read that and just got so fucking mad. And I was like, God fucking damn it. And like, this shit Hampton has happened. ruins the podcast. Every, everything I've ever put out. When I first put out my first uh, Conan set, it was like, this motherfucker's not funny. And then second comment was like, motherfucker looks like Michael Jackson. <laughs> and then like, people just ragging on my looks and being like, he's like, he's like Aziz if he tried, if he wanted to be. You know, it was like yeah. shit. Every little thing I could hate about myself. So it's been funny because I would get like despondent right like after i did conan after i did comedy central i would uh, just cry because i was like this doesn't mean anything to me and now people are mean to me and <laughs> like what's it all for Aww. but now when i look at like this shit i've gone to therapy for a while now i've had medication and everything and now it's like i read that comment and then like within a couple minutes I'm already seeing other stuff or stuff from the yesterday where it's like, man, so many people were so nice to me. Here's like five people just being nice to me for no reason. Like, why am I yeah. caught up on one guy? 
and and that and it's like and because because I decided to focus on one think. guy like he yeah. uh, it resonates with you more yeah and uh, I and I was and like then I'm glad I'm over this yeah. <laughs> you know I'm in a I just feel like I'm in such a different headspace about like criticism or like um, people want to be mean or like they're negative but it's like that really is probably more indicative of like their own lives their own shit yeah it really it's is it's like and over experience of time you're like yeah that really is probably what it is. Why would somebody decide to be shitty that day? How often do you make that decision? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to be like really fucking mad to do something like that, right? I see things that I don't like all the time mm -hmm. and it just would never occur to me never to say to that. Me. Like, never. first of all, I'm not logging in so that I can leave a comment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like how much fucking time do you have in your hands? You're yeah. going to log. Like I think Putting that about like password views and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't have... You had to put in your grandmother's birthday to, yeah. to say this hate speech? Yeah, just to like, I can't imagine being that. Uh, you have to you have to be hiding your own insecurity. To, yeah, or you uh, don't even see it. Like you're yeah, so when far I don't removed like things, from it's your like, own like anger eh. and yep. ways you deal with it. It's like, I almost am like, good luck, man. Yeah. Good luck ever feeling happy. Yeah, not my problem. <laughs> not my, not problem, my issue. Dude. Also, uh, my go problem. ahead and send me a copy of your comedy special. <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh, you work at a gas station. Okay. Yeah. No, Sunco, I understand why baby. you feel like you should be able to comment on my art. That makes sense because you do nothing. Uh, that's why you have time to log into YouTube. No, I don't. Really I'm just an artist. Just I'm a fucking cares. artist. Was today a bad day for comments? No, uh, no, I'm getting, I'm getting psyched up for next year. Or next I can't week. read any comment. I don't. I, I can't, can't read. I can't. <laughs> I wish that I could take away the power to read. Like every, everything hurts my feelings. I stay away from it. But Jessa every day will just like uh, pull up her videos and just be like, oh, I got a new batch of comments. Just read through. And <laughs> oh man, I bet you so her. much. And I'm like Jessa, that would kill me. Um, She's yeah, powerful. She's strong. You get Next the mansplain. You get <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of that. Mansplain. Get a lot of uh, Amy Schumer comparisons, you know, because I have a microphone in my hand and my hair is blonde. Uh, yeah. A lot of fuck this dumb It's like whore. I'm seeing double. <laughs> Which one do I shoot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. We've kept she's you here long enough. She's a national treasure. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, yeah, guys, check out Amy Schumer's comedy. <laughs> uh, she's going buy, buy Amy Schumer's new album. Out, uh, it's called Abel by Hampton Youngs. <laughs> <laughs> Available everywhere. Yeah. And check out Suicide Buddies uh, that you do with Dave Rock. Rock? Yeah, with Dave, Dave Ross. Ross. Yeah, okay. check it out, guys. It's really fun. Um, so, yeah. Feel cool. like it. Check it out. That'd be awesome. Thank Thanks, you so Hampton. much. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye. This was fun. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and Jessa Reed are friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Mormon and a meth head. Mormon and a meth head. Mormon and a meth Stop it, a podcast. <clears throat> A podcast network.